Hey, this is Akuya Jamfi, and you're listening to TBB Talks, a podcast where we from the British Blacklist bring you our conversations with creative black folk from the UK and across the globe. We'll be talking to up and comings, headline popping, and the legends from screen, stage, music, and literature. Basically, if they're creative, we'll be talking to them. And we hope to shed some insight into their lives, the work that they choose, who their inspirations are, how they stay motivated, and more importantly, how they keep sane being black in the arts and entertainment world. Hi, this is the Kua Jamfi for the British Blacklist. It's TBB Talks Literature. And I'm in the studio with some very special guests and my lovely, lovely literature guru, Miss... Priscilla Uusu. Hi, and who are you, Miss Priscilla Uusu? And who am I? Yeah. Uh, I am a writer, reviewer, um, blog on justreddit.co.uk, and I also review stuff for the British Blacklist. Yes, she does lots of literature stuff. She knows all things literature, which is great. Um, in the studio, we have some special, special guests. Please, guys, introduce yourself. I'll let you choose who goes first. Nathan Bryan. I'm an actor-writer, and I am very happy to be here. Hi. <laughs> And I am Dapo Adiola, and I am a illustrator. I'm an illustrator, illustrator, character designer, and uh, aspiring activist mm. within hey. the literature. Mm. Sprinkle it within the literature mm. field, children's literature field, okay. and champion of all things black. Mm. <laughs> You're running for everybody. Like Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, hi guys, thank you for coming in. Um, I just want to talk because you guys have got some pretty big stuff that's been going on. Mm. Um, you've got a book or two out. How many books have you guys got out? I've Well, we're about to have one together. We're about to have our first picture book out Yeah. called Look Up. Uh, mm. June 13th, that drops. Got to keep plugging it. I'll be mm. doing that a lot during this. Yeah, I'm seeing your work <laughs> on, on Facebook. It's really good. You're getting <laughs> my attention, my dude. Yo, and um, I had my first, my literary debut um, was on April 2nd with a middle grade book called The Last Last Days of Summer, but it's an American publication, so a big deal wasn't quite made in the UK. But it's amazing. It, still it my looks amazing. Day. That explains everything, because I was looking for that book. Yeah. <laughs> it's I not on shelves it. in the UK, yeah. but it is available online. A lot, yeah. Quite a few people, surprisingly, you know, not surprisingly, but quite a few people bought it on Amazon, despite yeah. it not being a UK publication. So that was a good look. So when, okay, so when you say it's your book, you illustrated it? I illustrated it, it yes. Yeah. So um, Lamar Giles is the author of the book. He's a middle, he's, he's a young uh, YA writer, African-American YA writer, and they found me on Instagram. This is weird. So like Hofton Mifflin Harcourt, I hope I'm producing it right. The abbreviation is HMH. They're a massive publisher in the States mm. um, and they've got a children's book division that they're trying to sort of really get off the ground and um they just were looking for an illustrator for the job and they came across my instagram profile i have no idea how i didn't quite get into that but they saw my work and they were like would you like to do this and i was like yeah cool wow. and at the time as well um i had just started working on the look up book and um one of the things i was worried about was is this the only book series that i'm going to do because i don't feel like i didn't feel like i could call it a career until i had cemented something else yeah sure. so just literally like a week or so of me sort of having those thoughts this offer came through the door and i was like oh kismet in it yeah. cosmic timing mm. kind of things so just roll with it but yeah so it's called the last last day of summer so it's a story about two young boys who are like cousins and they're super sleuths and they go around town solving all these problems and on the last day of summer just before school starts up they have a wild adventure where they accidentally freeze time and the whole book follows them trying to 
on freeze time and set things right. So, so it's the cool. last, last day of summer. So. Um, <laughs> Nathan, you've written books too. So this is my first one. So I'm really, really new because I... I can be, it's just one of those things where you just don't know if you're allowed to do something at first. You're like, there's never been, because I see myself as like an actor, scriptwriter. So it was really new stepping into this kid's book world. And I was kind of shoved in via my agent being like, we pitched it to an animation company and they were like, no. So I was like, oh, okay. And then, <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, okay. And then my <laughs> agent was like, this is a picture book. And then obviously I've known Daps for years. Um, and Daps came along and brought Rocket to life. And then we got loads of offers from book companies. And Where? obviously I just didn't see that coming. So it's just... He's been where did the idea come from? Like for um, Look Up, like where did the story... Yeah, I mean, come well, up I, mean I think the overall message of the book came from... I was in Hyde Park with my girlfriend going to see um, the Peter Pan statue. And she was really excited to show me the statue. And um, whilst she was trying to show it to me, I was refreshing my emails loads, <laughs> hoping like, like something good would come through. It didn't, apart from this idea. <laughs> so it was the idea of teaching a lesson to myself as well. Like, you need to look up because there's beautiful things yeah. in front of you. Wow. Yeah. I, I like think. that. Wow. Yeah, I think yeah. he's given you a very abridged version of events as well because yeah. um, the whole journey from Nathan and I having a conversation about the character, because mm. we had the character before we had the story, but like, the whole journey from us in 2015 it was mm. right he approached me after a show and we talked about he was like that's got this idea for a character big hair mm. love space black girl can you make it happen kind of mm. thing and i was like yeah okay cool and then that, that whole journey from then to him showing it to the publishers mm. to them calling me in and we are sitting down and having that conversation to them taking our pitch to bologna the book festival and everything going crazy like wow. it was it was nuts break down the process so you have an idea so and for the people out there like i want to do this yeah how do you actually start writing a picture book like, right how does so that happen? with um this is an unconventional way that we've done it if i'm right. going to be honest with you so like from now i kind of know what the process is normal process would be that if you have an idea for a picture book you would develop it to a certain point you you'd hopefully be represented by an agent and then you would take it to your agent and then they would take it to a, a publisher and pitch it, mm. right? So, and then, the, you know, whether or not it's, they'll take it to several publishers and then trying to find a home for it, you know, within the genre. So there are certain, um, certain markers that can tell you where a book belongs. So like, if you're writing a picture book, it has to have a certain amount of words. It has to fall into, it has to be very clear what you're doing basically. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Right, so yeah. like, if you're writing a book for early readers, different word count. Yep. So you have to know those things before mm. you even take it to somebody to, oh. to pitch. So, so you don't just write a novel and then say, okay, this is a picture book. You've got yeah. to know. This is it. You've got to know. And then also, um, aside from that as well, um, with, with us, how it started with us, it was literally, because I'm a character designer, so I, I tend to just sort of take a character and create that person. Sure. Like inform all the story that you get will be in the person that I've created. So mm -hmm. basically the idea that I follow is that if I can design a character, you can get an idea of the personality of the character and, and that character can then be fit into any story that you want to tell. So then Nathan, you said, I had this idea. Mm. You guys, this is a great idea. Yeah. Daps created the character. Yeah. You took the character, visualized her world and wrote it. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's okay. Yeah, that's, yeah that's it's happened. like it's I guess it's a really different way of working because 
uh, like you said, usually I'd I'd write a draft of a book, take it to my sure. agent, they go to a publisher, they find you an illustrator. Whereas Daps and I have been hustling on things for ages and ages, um, various things. And I think this one was a thing where, when, you know, I knew I wanted this little black girl with an afro. I know there's no one better than Daps. So <laughs> it was a really easy sort of thing. And then when I saw the first picture, I was like, Daps always goes, is there anything you want to change? And I was like, not a thing. Like, yeah, it's not a perfect. thing. Like it was just, and like I always go around for days with the images on what Dap sends me on my phone, being like, "What do you think of this? What do you think of this?" <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it was just, it was really special. And then obviously the story, uh, it's, it's obviously just a message. It's very true. And then because this journey has been so wild and wacky, but it kind of it fits a narrative. Yeah, like yeah. you know me anyway. The, you know the, what I mean? the, the timing of everything as well mm. is, is something that I can't ignore because I was in the beginning of this whole thing because again, how crazy everything went so quickly. So like we we got the pitch together in 2016. We missed uh, the Frankfurt Book Festival, which mm. was in October 2016. But we had to then pitch through our agent for the Bologna Book Festival, which was in March, I believe, 2017. Mm. So. Again, I would, this is not with any knowledge of anything. Do you have I, to go through the book festival? You don't route, have or? to. So this is yeah. just a, an avenue that I think everybody goes through. So Bologna okay. is a massive book festival, children's book festival, right. that takes place in the first quarter, at the end of the first quarter of every year. Right? What kind of people go to this? Is it like for the public? It's for so agents, it's for the public. You can buy tickets okay. as an illustrator, as an agent. You could. It's for everybody within. The so it's like a film, like the book festival. It's like a film festival the where people are it's trying to like Kansas on now. Yeah. So everyone's out there trying to pitch, trying to pitch, right. try yeah. find yeah. Yeah. people yeah. to buy yeah. into your All idea. All of that. Yeah. Okay. Right? Oh, and this happens in Bologna in Italy every year. It's huge. I haven't been. I'm going next year because I now have a reason. Yeah. To yeah. For sure. But even if I hadn't. You know, even if we weren't here, we weren't doing this and we had stuff that we wanted to pitch, you can either, your agent would either take it out there and pitch on your behalf mm. or you can go out there yourself and right. try your luck. I don't really, again, I'm still finding out stuff, so I don't really know how exactly it works out there. But I've been told that it's quite cutthroat in that you'll have like um table, a room full of agents and you just literally go and you pitch really quick. Okay. And it's, oh, it's wow. it can take as, as, as short as like two seconds for them to go, nope. No, wow. no, it can be like that. <laughs> yeah. So it is, it, you know, I can imagine I'd have a, I'd have an anxiety attack <laughs> in a place like that. So it's not really my thing, but I feel like our agent, Sally Ann, this is not her first Bologna. So she sure. knows what it's all yeah, about. Absolutely. And she's already got, um, she, she's amazing. She's already got a lot of good contacts. So I don't think she had to go through that whole cutthroat process yeah, 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 to pitch yeah, yeah. the book out. But what was crazy for us was, so she'd come back off this trip to Bologna and um, she's reached out to us mm. and she said, look, uh, a few people were interested in your books. Now, obviously I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, a few people, you know, a couple mm. people, one or mm. two names. Mm. So I said, um, who was interested? The first name she mentioned to mm. us was Macmillan. Was in okay. again, right? I'm still like, oh, okay, cool. Again, I have no idea about anything mm. at this stage. So yeah. my first indicator that something fresh was about to happen was um, Twitter, which I don't use. Started to get notifications on that that such and such from the head of editing and Macmillan is following. So I messaged her. I was like, Sally Ann, how many people exactly mm. were interested yeah. in our book? She sent me a list of all the publishers that wow. were interested. We had, I think, like 14 publishers on the list. Mm. Top 10 publishers in the world were on that list. I Googled it. 
got to know these things. Mm. And then taking notes. No, because you know, I feel a little bit emotional because I've always wanted to write a book. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also this narrative as we yeah. can never avoid. Yeah. Black stories, lack of black stories. And when my daughter was growing up, I was hunting for black stories. I went mm. as far as getting classics and coloring. If they had any illustrations, colour I'd colour them in. Mm. Just because, Just so and sometimes we can be so consumed with it, but you don't realise how subtle things are, like what's yeah. happened recently with Danny Baker. Yeah. Little yeah. subtle things that you think is a throwaway and little comments affect the children especially you grow up with this thing and it's you from childhood it. yeah. yeah so it's like i was looking for books for her making sure people come and see her book collection like your mum was a bit of a revolutionary and i'm like mm. it's not even that it shouldn't be a thing it should even be a question no. so you looking see, you for say, stuff you see you say your mum's a bit of a revolutionary yeah right? you i also have to now think about the kind of books that you had to buy because the exactly. other kind of books weren't weren't available. Available. Yeah. so the thing yeah. for me is it's, it's not just about having black faces it's about having stories that are accessible exactly. that yeah. are just like fun stories like yeah. one, one of the things that i don't like if i'm going to be honest with you about black book the black book genre, book genre that exists now is that every story has to have this struggle message or this yes. message and i'm like can't oh, yes. black kids just have fun yeah. can't it just yeah. be a story where we don't have a message don't get me wrong our story does have a message but still but like, a message yeah, could be like can, a universal can, can message just yeah regular thing just yeah. Have like, fun. Yeah. Just like, exactly. it yeah. doesn't yeah. yeah. what i mean it's, it's not a struggle message that our yeah. message is so like it's just can't black books just have kids just having fun? Yeah. I think it's just like, the whole idea, because I was just thinking of the kind of books I liked when I was a kid, and my favourite old term was A Tiger Who Came to Tea. Oh, exactly. I mean, that book Yo. is a bomb. Yeah, it is, and, and it I is. Just, and I just think, I just want that story, but with someone who looks like me in yeah. the middle of it. You know, I want to be that little girl with and her mum and dad. Yeah. Yeah. The story know. does not revolve around ethnicity or race or anything. It's just literally just... And, and yeah. this is the thing, from off the back of that, my, my phase that I run with is I want to see more black faces in normal spaces. That's mm, my yeah. phrase yeah. for how I want to approach this new career of mine mm, in yeah. picture books is to make sure that I can just put as many black faces in normal spaces as possible. Mm. That's yeah. it. It doesn't matter why they're there. They're just there. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it becomes normal. So you yeah. don't even have to question it. Going, okay, so where's the difficult, there's a message in here. Where's the moral of this? Mm. Yeah. 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 What country is she from? Yeah. Uh, who needs to know? Yeah. No yeah, one. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, thing yeah, I love yeah. about this particular book that we've had the opportunity to put together as mm. well. I love it because, again, it's a character. We don't, she doesn't need explaining. She's exploring and doing yeah, stuff. And she's yeah. just being a kid and she's just having fun. And the thing is, I feel like in the design choices that I made as well, I went so far as to make it a design that boys can like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, like, it's, yeah. so it's not you know there's nothing about her that's particularly girly, girly or particularly or, yeah. masculine or whatever. Yeah. She's just her. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I Do you know what I wonder mean? about that actually because um, my nephew's seven and I was just thinking oh, I wonder if he'll be into this you know this book because he does like stuff about space. Yeah. You know, and I'd bought him a book about space and stuff because mm. I wonder he really likes that and I was thinking I wonder if he'd enjoy this book. And I was thinking like, I had visions of him going it's got girls in it. No. That's but, not the first you know. thought that's yeah. gonna come to their mind. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's it's not about color and tone as well. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, let me take this, yeah. just show it to him, go, you know, take yeah. what you think. That's, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. that's not the first thought that's going to come to anyone's mind. But yeah, no, yeah, so back to the thing. So she's come back and she's told us this, right? All these publishers are interested. And I'm not going to lie, I was like, okay, this is nuts. But I thought that we were going to still be pitching to them yeah. as to why they should take <laughs> us on. So I was ready to do that work. Not being funny, this is the, the work that we are programmed to sort yeah, of be expected to find, do as yeah. black people we got to you know fight for the thing so i was ready to do that so we had the meeting nathan came off he was shooting at the time he came mm. off during the break he came to london for a day mm. and we went around london i will never forget this day may crazy. the 8th may the 8th oh, was it 2017 wow. i will wow. never wow. forget this day we went around london and we met all the publishers and during that one day we met uh six publishers 
we left with three offers by midday wow. from Gosh. Penguin, Hachette and Bloomsbury. Jeez. And it was crazy. And these are three, the three the top three pubs. Yeah. Yeah. So it was nuts. By the end of that day, we had that. And I remember going home so tired. We started at like 9 a.m. Yeah, or something. Early. We didn't finish till like early. 6. And I got home and I was so tired, but I couldn't sleep. I was so wired because mm. I couldn't believe the the escalation of the different meetings was insane. Yeah. So we started from a little coffee, being offered a little coffee, <laughs> yeah. sitting with two people, you know. Yeah. Oh, we like your book. It's really nice. But all right, thanks. Cheers. Went to the next meeting. Spread. Yeah. Like, okay, things are picking up. Walked out with an offer. <laughs> by the end of by the time we got to Hachette, mm. they had a boardroom. They had like twelve people what? in the boardroom wow. from all they different sides. Sales. They like, baked cookies in the, the book titles and, and book title. It was insane. The yeah. table was covered with my artwork oh, yeah. and like they lined the room with all their Plat- books, planets they, and stuff had and little so, rockets and stars and oh my know. gosh. So all that's going on. So you start off with like, you know, maybe a cup of tea and some biscuits. And then, you know, maybe a bit a few more sandwiches. Yeah. The next, you know, a boardroom full of people and all your stuff and with all the offers that you got, how do you then kind of sit there going, Okay, which one are we going for? Right. So this is where it got doubly interesting. So we've had that day now. We've walked away with three offers. The three mm. offers were verbal. Um, but they were in the process of putting the actual offers together. The first one that came through was Hachette. So remember, we've got three offers. By the end of that month, we had 14 offers come mm. through. Of the 14 offers that mm. came through, only two matched each other, and that was Penguin and Bloomsbury. Mm. So that automatically means that all the others, right. yeah, yeah, we have to drop a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're focused on these two. And then what we didn't expect to happen mm. happened which was a bidding war between the two of them and Jeez. they kept going back so, and wow. forth back and forth for about two weeks they yeah. went back and forth right this is what was crazy as well <laughs> so we hadn't even chosen they were still bidding so they started to toast us with stuff yeah. so bloomsbury sent us like these big boxes of cupcakes right <laughs> like two boxes each of these cupcakes and the thing is these weren't just any cupcakes these were lola's cupcakes yeah. <laughs> like, they sent us boxes of cupcakes i was tripping it was mad and then um Penguin, they, they named the star after us. Yeah. Like, it In was just, sky, it was they, nuts. They, we got sent oh, these packages. These big packages. Yeah. It was nuts. And wait, then, hold on. Wait, no, come on, stop. Because no. <laughs> I'm, like, no, I'm, I'm feeling like, I'm feeling... They, is this what they do? No, Here's me thinking it's like some Hollywood story. I'm like, but wait, is No, but wait, hold on. This is I'm feeling under, underused, undervalued. <laughs> 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 no one has... Oi! We're using a special space to record this. I'm not going to say where. I need to be talking to my part-time bosses. Wait. Can you lot pitch and what, name a freaking star after me? What have you done for me lately? Yeah, like, I mean, like, name a radio wave over after me, please. Yeah, so. no, it was very, it was very, very lovely. Oh, like, do you know what I mean? Oh, lovely. Okay. And also it meant, it, well, I guess it's really weird because you're so used to and expect rejection at all times. This is what you're used to in our game. And it was like one of the first times, I don't know about for you, Dad, but for me especially, where it was like, wait, these doors are opening. This is a world that, I never knew I was ever really going to go towards. Mm. Oh man, it was humbling and amazing. Like I've never pitched anything ever before. Mm. I've literally just been the kind of person that would just set my own shows up and my friends and people that they know and other people would come. My following, if you will, has grown very, very gradually over the years. So when this happened, I didn't know that this is not how it normally happens. I literally thought that this was the norm. I thought that, okay, well, this is what they do. You're, you know, because all the toasting that happened, they toasted us. We picked Penguin eventually, right? Mm. But they really, really toasted us. So now I'm like, okay, this is the norm. So I've gone on, like, down the line. A couple things happened. I've gone on down the line and um, 
you know, I'm meeting other illustrators now and they're sort of asking me, oh, so what do you do? I'm like, yeah, I'm a picture book illustrator. I'm going to debut next year. So I'm telling them the story about how this all happened. And as I'm telling the story, their faces are falling. And I'm looking at their faces like, did I say something wrong? <laughs> Isn't this what normally happens? And they're like, no. So picture books, you can get rejected untold amount of, of times mm. before you get one deal. Mm. So for us to get 14, it was insane. So then you guys came, one of you said timing and or alignment. To now, this is what I learned as I went on. So this is 2017. So yeah. during 2018, I, another funny thing happened as well. Um, so we've picked one publisher to go with. So that's left 13 publishers mm. who don't have anything. So another thing happened off the back of this was like, I think first quarter of 2018, my inbox started going crazy. Like publishers were sending our agent texts for work for myself. And there was a lot of that coming through. And it was like, I, I remember thinking, why is this happening? Because at this point, I've heard from other illustrators and writers, and they've all told me about their rejections and all these things. But here I am being flooded with work. So this is where I started to think to myself, there's got to be a reason behind this. Obviously, I'm, I'm good, but I, I know that I don't have any a history of success behind sure. me, right? So I then started to think about it, and it became apparent as I looked at the state of publishing itself. In UK publishing, the thing we spoke about earlier regarding the lack of content, diverse content, you know, here's a team of people who are capable of bringing a character to life and all the publishers wanted a piece of that for their own company. Mm -hmm. So what they did was instead of finding other talent, they hedged all their bets, bets on this horse. Person. And I sat back thinking, ah, I see. Because initially I was just thinking, like trying to keep my head and not get gassed. And then it, it started to dawn. So I took a couple of offers, obviously, to cement my own career but then Wait, i started to, this yeah. is it so then i started to think how can i take this what's coming through the door and make it benefit the other okay. talent i'm fairly new to all of this anyway mm. but like this this idea and this mentality that there can only be one and i think for especially people like me who are coming through you kind of feel, well this person's doing it already this person's doing it already so where's where, the space where, do I, where, where do I, I fit in I and think, it's, it's taken a while for me to kind of like go do you know what i've got my story to tell and i've got mm. my things to do so it doesn't matter that there's several of us awesome you yeah. know what i mean let's support each mm. other but there is that kind of it's so easy how it happens you know, I feel like if I was 10 years younger, I might have made a completely different decision. Mm. Being the age I am, having seen the stuff I've seen, especially in the last decade, it was a thing where I instinctively knew straight away that the right thing to do was to try and open doors for other people. Sure. Like mm. normally what we're told is do your thing first and then when you're comfortable and you're nice, mm. then you can open doors for other people. But mm. I thought to myself, you know what, try and do it now while you're still on the move. So off the back of that stuff, a lot of other things have happened recently. Just, well, I guess your comparison to being a mm. creative on in the screen space, this is not your the career that you intended, mm. but it's come through in different ways. And I think Absolutely. I, when I was younger, um, I was in hairdressing, had a career change. The Source magazine was my Bible. Yeah, and I was like, I want my own magazine, my own British hip hop political magazine. And I've gone like totally skew with yeah. to getting there. And I've realized that the British blacklist has always been my dream, but it's realized in a different form. type of form yeah. of the Source. So how, like, so now I suppose the great deal that Penguin offered and not to get into your financial business, mm. but obviously that came with a little bit of like a pound or two. Yeah. Does that mean that you now can kind of feed into the creative stuff that you want to do on screen yeah. in different ways? So you're getting there in a different angle. I mean, one thing with our game is, is that once an opportunity shows itself, mm. you would be crazy not to take it. So for me, the book thing 
also getting to work with DAPS, telling something I really care about. Also having something to show my children in the future. Exactly. My, you know, the people I love is important. Um, so that for me was a great avenue. And you know me, I make a lot of my own work, um, web series and comic books and whatever I can. 90% of that money that I get paid for any gig will go straight back into making something brand new. Mm. Um, so Look Up definitely did that with that, which was great. But also, I think I've also relaxed a bit more, understanding that, like, okay, whilst I might be uh, writing books at the moment, you know, I just sold my feature film to BBC Films, or I've just done this, or are I've done you, that. You have? Yeah. But I mean, my point is, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was really great. <laughs> yeah. But the good thing is, with stuff like that, is that I'm just going to go where it takes me, and we can create in whatever medium we please. So people love to be like oh you're this and this and I introduced myself at the beginning of this period. I'm an actor writer but I'm just someone who wants to tell stories in every form in yeah. whatever way I can so whatever so this isn't this it, hasn't I'll been like a limit it's not like a, oh shoot this is where I've got to go now no it's like all part of the fabric it's all part whom. of different ways like to tell stories and like you know what I mean I, I came up writing loads of kids telly for the BBC which I'm still doing loads of sure and we just got a tv deal for that which we're gonna turn into a television thing so it's all coming back in and down and up and round yeah just casually dropping contracts and signings and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah just gonna do that no, but, you know what I, mean? but I do know what you mean but I it's get that you. sort of thing that it all synergizes at a point you know so what's take from that is like all the creatives and you know who are stressed out like mm. there's not happening for me it will happen in a in you a, just have to, you have to and not in the way that you think it's not in the way you're gonna think you have to look at all the signs it's almost like you you have to just focus on the things that you're doing as opposed to the results if that makes any sense sure. like just don't commit to the result commit to what you're doing in you know the, the, the moment like so for example you know Nath has just said the picture book has been option for mm. a television um, mm. cartoon animated series, so. which mm. now puts us in another place sure. because we get to work on that mm. as well animation is, is not something that I saw myself doing for at least another six or seven years mm. and now like as soon as the end of this year I will be working on that development yeah. for that so you know another thing as well writing is not necessarily mm. something that i saw myself doing right again by the end of this year i will be pitching stuff that i've written with hopes mm. of illustrating and writing as mm. well so there's just a lot of things that happen and i'm looking at it from you know it, you could be that you know i look at it i'm like oh now i'm just an illustrator and i have to draw 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 mm. no i'm just looking at it from the perspective of being able to create in as many different formats mm. as i can mm. like and a new thing because it's all, it's about growth. We have this, as you, as all of us have said in the room, that we have this burden of being black in creative spaces and having asked, being accepted, being told no, um, saying there's only one allowed to go through. How have you guys? Because I feel that being who you are, mm. just being confident in who you are, and not letting being black or whatever other ism you've got define you presents a different type of confidence or a different type of person that people are willing to deal with so do you feel that you that's how you lot have been or have you have you had the black weight on your shoulder at all and has that ever been a burden to carry that's interfered with your progress or have you just been because it is a bit of a fairy tale story that you guys have had this success because there are as you said a bunch of just disillusioned creatives who have just been told no who are maybe good some yeah, might say I, even no, better I've been told but no, no like a billion I'm, times like, i'm talking yeah. like no is just like i just laugh now when you get it yeah like it hurts so i'm like lol all right cool <laughs> what do we need to do to keep this train moving okay right, so this isn't going to be this i need to make this this or yeah. do you know what i mean like i had a 
you just you just constantly have to keep evolving so i would hate for my journey on this to come across as that it's it's been this easy yeah, fairy tale i've taken well, so many so, l's it's so what would you so for though as a queer saying like yeah. for those who are right now listening and kind of thinking yeah but that's you you know you, mm. you've got a book out so it's easy for you to say that but how do you motivate yourself when you're when i guess when motivation's low or when you're not feeling it or you know, so, when the L comes, the nose mm, comes. Home. For me personally, right, it's not that I have not been told no. Mm. I've just never thought to ask. I'll be really honest mm. with you. I mm. never That's asked. Nice like Nathan, Nathan will tell you straight, I never bothered asking. True. Like, I just literally, I have an idea. I think, how can I do this thing? Mm. And I do it, and I just literally put it out into the world. Mm. You... He's known me for like since 2010 and that's mm. all I've been doing since that period of time. I've mm -hmm. been juggling, teaching myself how to draw better and become a better artist with releasing my work out into the public. Mm. I use social media in the manner it was supposed to be used, literally just to put my work out to people. Mm. Right. And Jumping in there, because yeah. you know people, we, again, creators, protective, I can't let anybody see it, otherwise. That's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. And th this is my thing and this is my opinion because there are people that still tell me stuff like, you know, um, but one of my friends, he, he gets on me about this sometimes about, you know, oh, you know, like you always talk, telling people what you do. You might not want to do that. I'm like, dude, I don't understand that. What's the worst that could happen? Truth. I fail and it doesn't happen. Mm. Then I move on with the lessons learned and I do something else. Yeah. If you fail and you stop, you were never meant to be doing that thing. Like, I mean, there's also a fear of people taking your ideas. That's, that's, yeah. also, because I mean, also, I think with the taking your ideas thing, yeah. that was one as well. Because I've had it. I've had the you know. But what if people steal your artwork? No, I've had exactly the same. So my thing exactly is this, right? Someone can steal an idea of yours, yeah. right? But your ability to generate it's continuous ideas sure. is still yours. Yeah. And also, they might take the concept or they might take something. Honestly, not to get all cosmic on you, but that means that wasn't meant to be the thing that you Dude, were meant to do. True. That means that something else yeah. is on the horizon. Because I feel the same with stories, because I'd put something out on Twitter recently. I saw that. Um, yeah, because um, I had this idea for stories, so I'm like happily getting along writing stuff. And then I was watching something and I thought, someone stole my story. That's that's literally what I'm writing. Mm. And then I saw, and I had this kind of like, like crisis of confidence, because I was thinking, oh man. Someone's no, already told the yeah, story. Yeah, this story's already out there and I don't, you know, uh, oh, maybe this is just rubbish. And I put it out on Twitter. I thought, let me put it to the writing community on Twitter. So I did that and said, you know, do you ever have an idea for a story and you're, you know, and then two to two users see someone else has got that same idea. Mm. What's more, they're published, mm. or you know, and they're, they're in a screen. position to make it happen. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And there, and someone came back. You know, a lot of people are liking it. I'm like, no, seriously, I'm actually asking. Answer questions. <laughs> 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 Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I've literally said it in a tweet. Co you know, comments, feedback, please. You know, and then someone finally came back to me, and just lovely. I've um, been chatting for ages, actually. Um, Shout out to Abby Abiola Bello, who writes Yes, I yes, am yes, we interviewed her. And she came back and she said she had exactly the same thing um, when she was writing her book. She's on her third book. Um, it's I Am Emily Knight series. Um, Amazing. And she, it's, you know, about a g girl who's a superhero, basically. And she said when she was writing that, she was kind of thinking, oh my gosh, this is a bit like Harry Potter. I've got heroes all this thing and she's had that kind of moment where she thought you know oh god it's even like hunger games and maybe i should just stop then she thought you know what forget it i'm just gonna carry on mm -hmm. if people accuse me of having stolen whatever i'm just it's all mine. those all it's those my things story. And I all just those thought, stories yeah. that you reference harry potter hunger games they all, all came, came from, from somewhere, somewhere else yeah. Yeah. so everything there is there is there is very little in the way of an original idea yeah. under right. the sun Absolutely. so that's another thing it's about your take on things exactly. so someone can recreate 
okay, do you remember when I did the first initial designs for, for Rocket mm. and I showed you that there was a, a Marvel character that was designed and it yeah, looked Dino exactly Dino. like her. Yeah. Moon Girl or something. Yeah. even had the same kind of oh, wow. theme. Yeah. I was shocked. Literally, like, I think a week after I released our designs on Instagram mm. and, you know, people were like, oh my God, this is amazing. I saw this Marvel character and they leaked what the character was going to look like and it looked like a grown-up version mm. of our character. Oh, wow. But that didn't stop me. No. But I think, and also it's that thing when you speak it into existence, the minute you have an idea or you want to, lots of, there's times when I've had, okay, I want to do this. And the more you talk about it, the more it becomes your being and part mm. of what you want to do. Yeah. You start meeting like-minded people. And that will obviously mean you start seeing other ideas that are That's similar. Similar. Because your yeah. synergy, whatever it is, your cosmic, whatever, synergizes whatever's in the ether. And yeah. then you start being aware. I think you start being conscious of other stuff similar to what you're trying to do. And what yeah. you do at that point that's the defining thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Truth. Like if you sit back and you're like, oh no, I'm not going to do it because yeah. such and such, then you won't do it. And I can't, I don't know how else to say that to people. Do you know what I mean? It's like they have to get to that point because as, I mean, even when I was on say the, uh, the eve of launching the British blacklist, mm. I know, I remember pre like letting it go live. I was panicking because like, how has no one done this before? I was mm. scared. But at the same time, I was like, what can I do? And I, I mean, in hindsight, I might have waited. I might have done a bit more research. But I thought also, this idea is on my chest. I had a year of like, mm. this has got to come to life. And I just let it go. Mm. It's not perfect, but it's, and we've it's growing. learned it's along this. Yeah, evolved. but it's been a you great to, platform we've all needed. Well, that's, you know I mean? It's not for you to celebrate me, but yeah, yeah, go on, <laughs> do go on, go on. It's an organic thing. That's, yeah. It's an organic thing, yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? And this is what people yeah. don't understand. Where, where this, just our journey alone, where this journey started me off, versus where I am now. Mm. Like I'm gonna go into that later on about the other stuff that's going on, but like where it, where I am now, where I was a year ago, I wouldn't have seen myself here. Mm. Yeah, like, of course. I would have seen myself, yes, illustrating, figuring out stuff, but the other things that I'm doing outside of illustration, I just would not have mm. seen myself doing that, which actually brings us to the question that you asked, which is about putting the blackness on our shoulders. Yeah. Mm. So this is what, in effect, this is kind of what I've done. Like it's, it's not, no one forced me to do it, mm -hmm. but, I did see that, you know what, if I'm not saying anything, no one else is gonna say anything. Sure. Publishing at the moment, it's a thing where again, like, you know, with the other entertainment in industries, they find one black person or one person that fits, ticks the boxes and they give that person all the limelight Everything. and all the work. So I decided to take that and pass it on to other people. So um, just off the back of my own sort of, you know, introduction into the thing, we found out some stats like a little while back. Um, I'm actually, one of like 0.2% of creators Jesus. in the UK that is black and British. And it's crazy because then I think if we're going to do the maths properly, I'm probably one of like two other people. Yeah. That's, do you know what I mean? So it's nuts. So there was yeah. no one else. So that's one of the reasons why I was getting work. So what I did was I um I had a meeting with one of my publishers um, and they, you know, they asked me about school work that I do, which I used to go into schools with mm. kids and I used to talk about um, representation in popular media. They asked me all about that stuff. After the conversation, they were like, look, we will get behind you and, you know, we want to sponsor you to do some more stuff. So we came up with a few things. I tweeted out to just find out if there were any too. other black British illustrators mm. in the UK. A lot of people came forward that weren't published, that weren't signed up, but they came forward. So off the back of that, the thread was quite nice. Went mini, mini, mini viral. It was nice. Yeah. Mm. Um, we had something like about 60, 70 illustrators that submitted their work on the thread. Publishers saw that. All the publishers that were following me, they saw it. I would get people inboxing me about it. They shared it. It went around off the back of that now took the people on that thread and then i said to mcmillan i'd like to have an event 
So the event that's coming up next week on Tuesday, the 21st, it's a Black British Illustrators meetup that's happening at Macmillan headquarters, which is the first event of its kind. Can I come? No. Uh, you can. I'm not an illustrator. No, you can come and just see. Yes. See what it's like. You can cover it. You know. So you can come and cover it. So I'll, I'll put in and I'll let you know about it. But um, so it's the first of its kind that's happening. It's literally all black British illustrators coming through. They're bringing their portfolios through. They're getting their portfolios look, looked Wicked. at, getting okay. feedback on their work as well. They're also going to be asking questions of a panel, which includes myself and some people from a company called Book Trust, which is geared to help yeah. the um, industry become yeah. more diverse. Um, so we're going to be talking about our experiences and then they're going to be asking us questions and then they also get to mingle and they get, you know, given a pack Necessary. that gives them access to resources and lets them know what's out there. And that's the first, it's just like a taster event mm. just to see what it's like. So we launched it. We had 30 spaces. They booked up. The waiting list was 30 um, spaces big as well. That booked up. Mm. So that made it so that they can see that the, the talent is yeah, out there and there's a demand for this. Yeah. So the next event is being, you know, we're working out at the moment with Hachette and Macmillan collaborating to help me make the next event happen so off the off the back of all of that stuff um it, it became apparent that not only is the talent out there but it you know it, it can be found I, and i never mm. understood because i didn't do anything special i literally put out two tweets listen that's bridge black this way come on mm, yeah. we get that all the time like two tweets and you put i put two tweets out and everybody came forward so now what's happened is we've had this thing where a lot of people in publishing agents and they're all emailing like oh can we come to the event can we and i'm like look i didn't gather these people here so that you can come and vulture pick yeah exactly what i gathered mm. them here for was so that they can understand that they too can belong mm -hmm. and have access, do you know? So what we're gonna do is the first couple of events are gonna be just to get people 